Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. That's right, it is The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with the new Mountain America credit card. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Gordon Monson, hello, sir. How are you? I am really, really good. Hope you are as well, Jake. Are you ready for the uh, the annual company Christmas party tonight? I am. Are I you see, ready to roll? I see you're all dressed up. I'm just uh, normal, normal stuff. Now, are you rolling home to change, no. or are you rolling over there like uh, I'm looking? Go, go as I am. Okay, I, I like it. You know, it's an informal setting, so why not? Uh, good. I'm I'm very excited that you're you're coming because, of course, the the more the merrier. And, uh, well, you really, what you care about is the fact that my wife is going to show up. I'm looking forward to seeing Lisa, correct? She's a lot more pleasant to be around than I am. I don't know, you know about that. Don't don't sell yourself short. But yeah, Lisa's awesome. I'm excited to see her. Oh, well, yeah. Holiday cheer. Indeed. Uh, Austin, are you, uh, are you coming to the party tonight? This is actually the first I'm hearing of it. News to Austin about <laughs> the, the company party. You weren't supposed I, to mention it. What do you... Like I'm scouring my email right now, and uh, it's it's not the, I'm not on it. Well, now there was an original email that uh, went out uh, a while ago, but you obviously do not read the weekly update from our wonderful people and culture Michelle Smith, who included it in the last several weeks of their uh, of their weekly update. All right. <laughs> Austin, so, you should come. Get on the phone. Yeah, get, what are you going to do, uh, Austin? Let's, let's see what you can, uh, what accommodation you can make. Let's, let's whip up a babysitter and let's get Whitney down here and let's party it up tonight, Whitney's man. sick. Oh, bummer. So we're, we're, it's not happening. That doesn't mean that you can't uh, come. Be be the, the our third wheel tonight, Austin, with, uh, with the wife and I. Except the last time I went to the holiday party, I almost got killed by Hans Olsen, so... Oh yeah, that was really funny though. It that was, was worth it. That, that was, was, funny. To, that was totally for worth it. Thanks for the entertainment that night. Yeah, that was that was definitely worth it. Don't for you sure. think Austin needs to go to the holiday party? Because you know you got to sort of meet and greet. I'll tell you, you know? one thing: the holiday parties around here—they are not to be missed. No, they're fun. They take care of us. Um, you need to show up and start talking to people. But no, Lloyd. Lloyd's All got pleasant, a, like. Lloyd's got a similar issue where he's got some kids at home not feeling so well. Uh, Austin, uh, his wife not feeling so well. You know, stuff happens. It's you got to do what you got to do. But it would be fun, Austin, to 
what do we do over there? I didn't go last year. It's at the same place as last year. Play video games, hang out. It uh, is, it's the same thing as yeah, last year. Oh, same my places. gosh. That yeah. was so much fun. Right. It's over at uh, Dave & Buster's. Yeah. They've got a, a full arcade, full uh, menu. It's a great, great time. I walked out of there with like five different stuffed animals that night. And uh, you were supposed to bring a stuffed animal and leave it in the donation box. You could have donated one you won. I think I did. I don't know if I did. No, it, I can't that, did. that story has well, changed. Hold on a second. I, I, I got the stuffed animals out of that grabbit thing. Sure. So I, I wasn't supposed to keep them? You were supposed to bring a stuffed plush animal toy donation. Well, I, if we were supposed to, I'm sure I did. Yeah. Well, after you won but, them, <laughs> though, you could have, you know, dropped one in then. Well, I might have done that, too. I, I can't might've, remember. Might have. Okay. I, I remember. Austin. <laughs> I'll keep records. Well, anyway, get, get on the horn, Austin. You, uh, you need to make an appearance. I will do it. Trust me, I want to be there. I'll do what I can. And the maybe the only argument that needs to be made is free meal. Well, I could just say, you know, I got to work late. It's not, you know, I have to make an appearance. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> when you really do want to? When you really... Wait, well, is it okay? I definitely is it, want to. Is yeah. it okay to lie to your spouse under a situation like that? No, I, I think, never. <laughs> I think it's okay for Austin to call Whitney and say, "I know you're under the weather, but I would really like to go." Now I won't be out till the crack of no, dawn. No, but I, I'd like to go over there. Just and, stop by. Yeah, play a little whack a mole. And uh, if you can keep the snot in your nose and uh, hang out with the baby for a couple hours, I'd appreciate it. A little. Uh, Here's a Peloton. Skiball. <laughs> that won't go over very well. Why don't you send Landon over there? My brother? Yeah. <laughs> just he, volunteering yeah, my family? Yeah, just sitting there. <laughs> As though they there. don't half raise my child already. <laughs> he's a he's a terrific performer. I've seen one of his shows. I'm sure he uh, wouldn't mind going over just and- whip up a number. Give you, uh, give you a little respite to go to something as important as the company Christmas party. All right. Yeah, see? I'm so a, let it be decreed on radio, it must happen. Yeah, yes. right. See, I'm, a, I'm a problem solver. Uh, you uh, are. Austin, that's what I'm Thanks doing. Thanks for getting putting people together. No, it should be fun, though. Uh, I'm excited to go. Got uh, got my nice cardigan on. You do. You yeah. look you look dapper over there. Well, you know, I I I try not to completely embarrass my wife when we go out in public. So <laughs> I I try to put somewhat of the best foot forward. Like I've got my my nicest looking. I call them my dress sinooks on. So I I've got that. I've got a I've got a cardigan. You know, see, Gordon, I I battle something. All right. Yeah. I, I really do. I I, I I battle something, and I it, it's happened for as long as I've had my relationship with my wife. I get the you really kind of reaction from pretty much everybody who sees this in public. Like people look at me like, wow, she's really with you. They do not. Oh, I get it. Come on. I get it constantly. I don't believe our, that, Jake. Our, you present yourself very well. Our old friend Sean O'Connell used to tell me that frequently. Like, jeez. What, what does he know? And this, now it sounds like I'm, I'm putting your wife down. <laughs> no, I get I, it. I'm just telling you that you're a good match. No, I get it. My wife, uh, she's she's amazing. She makes a little more money than you do, she's but that was all part of the plan. Great at what she does. Got that right, brother. Uh, and and uh, everybody likes her, you know? And and so <laughs> when they see her with me, no. I get a lot of the, really, no, you? Jake, like, no, Jake. No, it's, it's a real thing. But I, I'm, I'm dealing with it. So I try to at least present myself somewhat favorably okay. in these in these public moments, well, you know? Well, I don't think it's a problem for you. Some people, some guys, just walk around sometime. 
And you see exactly what you're talking about. So what is she doing with him phenomenon? Yeah. It's not fun being on the on the tail end of that. However, you, know? you can't judge people by their looks. Well, I wasn't yeah. cheerily talking about looks. What but, were you talking you know, about? Uh, Intellectual capacity? Right. Amazingly uh, successful. She's uh, very personable. She gets along with everybody. She's on it, like, uh, from an organizational standpoint. (laughs) That she is. Which is a big deal to me. I think that if I needed a job done, Naz would be a good person to call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, meanwhile, I'm here. Thank you for your comment on my, my shabby appearance. But yet, I, you know. I'm I'm slumming it with you in Austin, right? You know? <laughs> All right. And then we make you look good. You do. Wait, what's that supposed to mean? Like Comparatively. Now, are you talking about looks again? Yeah. Because you look all proper. It always comes Austin back. Austin and I, uh, I, I don't know. Austin, what do you got on in there? What's what a, am I wearing? Yeah, what's that t-shirt say? This is uh, a shirt that you tend to really like when I wear. Oh, all right. You really don't recognize this, this T-shirt. I, I it's his I yellow. It's your, his uh, Yellowstone your, shirt. Your, your, your papers. But anyway, on. Austin has yeah. an excuse for wearing a T-shirt because he was unaware of of the company uh, party. This is what I would be wearing. <laughs> well, fair enough. But I've got my zone jacket right there. I'd throw <laughs> right. that on top of it. All right, uh, Austin. Are we doing? Uh, are we doing theme uh, song Tuesday? Yeah, Total Request to, Tuesday. Uh, total Request yeah. Tuesday, excuse me. But usually come but up. There's with usually a, a theme. Usually yeah. a theme. Does it feel like uh, everybody's kind of angry? Today doesn't doesn't angry? today feel like most everybody out there is angry? I Wh- feel like why there's there's a little anger on the the Ute fan front still. Uh, probably so. Uh, and I definitely feel like there's some anger on the Jazz fan front. That is definitely true. Social media, and I'm not even you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Should we let folks get it out today? Should we go with with angry music? What's yes. your favorite angry song? Let's. It, it, there's nothing wrong with being angry. It's all right. It's how you handle said anger, and we'll talk about it today. We'll talk. We'll talk about the Utes. We'll talk about the Jazz. Uh, we'll talk about why people are angry. We'll try to digest it all. It's all well, right. It might, it might have to do with a 104.90 and a rear score for the Jazz. Yeah, that wasn't terrific. That, that was not. That was not terrific, and and you know what, things in in the jazz realm right now, not terrific. Nope. And people are angry about it. I get it because jazz fans really care. The care factor is really high, and when everything is not, uh, I say, sunshine and lollipops. But what's your thing? Something daffodils and sweet pickles or something like that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. People people get worked up about it. There's nothing wrong with that. We can talk about every it. That's day what we do. is daffodils and uh, sweet pickles. Not anymore. Not right now. Not I like for the jazz and whatever. And, you know, I mean, expectations have a lot to do with that. If this had been last year and it was going like this, then people might be able to abide it a tad bit better. But considering the way jazz fans felt, and look, I'm going to include myself as far as my expectations were high, weren't yours? Yes, very much. In fact, hold that thought, Gordon, because I got an interesting tweet today, and Donovan Mitchell said something in the post game last night that, that honestly made me bristle a little bit. So let's let's get into that. Let's start with the expectations. All right. Let's, let's do the split story of the day. Uh, Austin, sir, if you please. Two guys, two topics, 
Two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Ingles to Gobert, attacking, blocked by Muscala. Muscala goes down. Gobert tries to pass out and gets it deflected and intercepted. Fast break. Here come the Thunder for the lead. Reverse layup. Good. Gilgis Alexander. And the Thunder lead it 41-40. Here's out the right side. Gives it to Adams. Adams waits for Gilgis Alexander. O'Neal's got the assignment now. Trying to get him back to his right hand. He comes off the pick. He retreats back out in total control. The long arm, lanky Gilgis Alexander drives, scoops, and scores. 25 for Gilgis Alexander. Does this feel different, though? We can't rely on that. You know, it's be like, oh, we've been here before. Like, um, I think it only feels different because, honestly, I'll just give us expectations because of who we have and who we brought in. You know, a lot of it is just we got to put in the work in. We said that at the beginning, and, you know, um, good thing is we're not 19 and 27, but you know we're 13 and 11. You know we got to figure out at some point. We can't just sit here and say it's a long season. Um, and like I said, I got to be better as well as a leader and as a player. What are you learning as a leader in this situation? Because this, this is a unique situation. Uh, I don't even know right now to be honest with you. I really got an answer for that. Because still a process. I mean, yeah, you're still, still experiencing. Just, still yeah. stuff you just got to figure out. Um, Billy Donovan said before the game that when a team's got this many new players, you know, it's kind of inevitable that it's a process of guys getting to know each other and build that chemistry. But do you feel like it's taking longer than you had thought it would? Um, For sure. I think obviously you want things to gel right away. But um, for us, we said it when we first got together, you know, on paper it looks great, but we got to put the work in and we got to continue to to play our basketball. And there are times where we just, we do it and it looks great. And there are times where we don't. About trust and um, all right, that was Donovan Mitchell from last night, and that first part where he talked about expectations is is where I want to start, Gordon. And we can get more into this uh, one-off game last night, one hundred four to ninety. But uh, Donovan said expectations that you put on us. I got a tweet from Landry earlier today, and he says, if you don't mind me asking, Zone Sportsnet, doesn't the media build up hype slash expectations question mark? And I mentioned this on the on the postgame last night, Gordon. I, I bristle a little bit when the media is singled out saying, you created these expectations. Or even if he's talking about fans, how fans in the media have created expectations. I bristle a little bit because it feels like a deflection when you, me, Austin, Everybody who listens to this radio station knows that they have lofty expectations internally as well. Don't put that on all of us. We heard uh, Austin rattled off the name of each uh, player, uh, member of the organization who had mentioned the word championship this season, Austin. And do you want to rattle that off real quick? Look, when I rattle it off, when I name them, it's when they said it, I agreed with it. Sure, sure, sure. And I still do. It wasn't like they were just selling hope or whatever. They believed it and probably still do. But Justin Zanuck mentioned it. Uh, Gail Miller did it in this studio with us. Donovan, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, Jeff Green at his introductory press conference, Ed Davis. They all mentioned rings and championships, and that should be the legitimate goal. That's why you make the moves you made. And it's still possible. So 
with that in mind, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing in the world. I would expect Jazz internal expectations, Gordon, and sorry, I'm sucking all the wind out of the room, but to be extraordinarily high. And it, it's a frustrated Donovan Mitchell, who I think was just deflecting. But I did bristle at that last night. Yeah, the players have all said it. I've heard it with my own ears. You have. Austin has. A lot of people have. And that's uh, what you would expect them to expect. And so don't be dumping that on us, although I did I did buy into it. I thought the Jazz were going to be really, really good. I thought they were going to be better than they've been thus far, uh, really, at any time. I agree. Uh, I agree. I, and, and, and here's the baffling thing to me. I've talked about it, Jake. I've written about it. I understand that there is some acclimation that needs to take place. I just don't understand why the Jazz can't shoot straight. Well, last night they shot 40%. Bogdanovich was, really had a tough night. 4 of 17 from the floor. Uh, Royce O'Neal 0 for 6. And Donovan Mitchell, who we talked about, and he talked about being more efficient this year, 10 of 25 from the floor. And they only hit 25% of their three-point shots. They took 31 of them. Uh, that's, that's just not going to get it done. And I don't know what to say about that. This team was supposed to be a better shooting team than what it was a year ago. That was the Achilles heel on the Jazz a year ago, and that is what we thought they addressed during the offseason, and that is why the expectations were as high as they are. And it just hasn't happened that way. That game last night was an embarrassment to the Utah Jazz. That was bad. That was bad. And I get it that sometimes you're going to have an off night. and what, But to have too many guys having off nights like that to the point where you're losing to a team you should beat on your home floor, I, let's say it the way it is here. Because when the Jazz do well, we sing praises. When they do like what they did last night, I don't know how you can honestly say anything other than that was a huge disappointment. So I think last night was actually a really perfect um, example of something that you and I have been talking about for a couple of weeks. So there, there are two things that are really going wrong with the Jazz right now. And, and this is my opinion, of course. One, Mike Conley's got to play better. And that means he has to be back on the floor, by the way, to play better. But, yeah, his, his play has been something that, that has been missing this year because <clears throat> they were going to rely – they brought him in for a reason, right? Right. And, and he's, not, he's not playing well. So he needs to get back on the floor, and he needs to start playing better. The other is, Gordon, the bench is a disaster. It is. It's, it's, not, it's not working. And we can, we can get into reasons as why. But look last night. The Jazz are way too reliant on Boyan Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell to go get buckets. And I realize that Rudy was really good offensively last night, but he only took 10 shots. People have made have, nine. He made nine, and he was terrific. Nothing to complain about with Rudy last night. But he's not going to take twenty shots. Rudy's not. It's not his game. He's too reliant on others to create shots for him, and he's never going to be a twenty shot a game guy. So now all the scoring load is going on to Bogdanovich and going on to Donovan Mitchell. And when they struggle, like they did in the third quarter last night, it's over. Yeah, It's over because mm-hmm. there's nobody that can come in on the bench and provide any sort of scoring. And so you can shuffle Bojan and Donovan in and out of the lineup with the bench guys all you want. But the truth is when they're not making shots, game over. And that's what we that's what we saw last night. Donovan and, and Bogdanovich had a cold snap, unfortunately. Fortunately, it was at the same time, but the Jazz have no answer. They've got they've got no answer. They've got nobody coming into the game who's going to give them any sort of pop. 
And I don't know if that guy's on the roster. If, if that guy is on the roster, they got to figure it out and, and let's get going because the Jazz desperately need, they desperately need somebody who can come in and score. Any volunteers? Austin, what are you doing? You got the company party to come to tonight. You think you can go do a, a jazz tryout? Yeah, I, I can make it. Yeah, it's. I'll just bring it, the baby with you, me. <laughs> you bring uh, you bring up a great point there. The fact that Bogdanovich is feeling pressure that he has to score because he looks around the floor and says, "Who else is going to do it?" Same thing with Donovan. We thought Donovan would be relieved of some of that pressure because they had supposedly more scores, and it just has not happened this year. <laughs> and I don't know, uh, when it goes poorly, then it feels as though it's always going to go poorly. Uh, Jerry Sloan used to say that. He used to worry that he was never going to win another game. And that's what it feels like sometimes when you go through these periods of time when it's not working right. And then when it is working right, then you feel like, oh, this team can't lose. Yeah. And so right now we're looking at the roster. If Boyan Bogdanovich goes out and makes 12 of, of 20 shots— then we think, ah, oh, okay, yeah, that's pretty good, especially when, when Donovan Mitchell is uh, being efficient as well. And last night, uh, neither took place. So I, I'm a little curious here, Jake, because you said uh, Mike Conley, and that's, that's obvious. I mean, they made a huge investment in Mike Conley, and it has not worked out thus far. He's got to be healthy, and he's got to play much better than he has, and he's got to be much more efficient. The Jazz are counting on him, and maybe that's throwing more pressure on him, which will make him press even more, but it's just the truth. And so that that's true. But you mentioned the bench, and the bench is struggling, but so are the starters. So are the starters on the whole. And so is are those two things related? Yes, they are related. But, but Gordon, the, the starters did not struggle – uh, the other night against Memphis, the starters were really, really good. And OKC, by the way, is better than Memphis. But OKC's on the second night of a back-to-back. Right, right. I mean, th- this should have been a game that was just like the Memphis game. But the difference was is that Bogdanovich and Mitchell played well against Memphis, uh-huh. and they didn't play well last night, and specifically in the third quarter. But these guys should be able to have a quarter – where it's not going down. They need a lift from they, someone else. Somebody else. The the offense can't disappear the moment that one of those two guys either comes off the floor or or misses a couple of shots on a couple of possessions. They need a break. Uh, ben Anderson and I were talking about this off the air last night, Gordon, and and uh, I saw Tony Jones shoot this down on Twitter, which surprised me. But why not, why not go kick the tires on Jamal Crawford? Go see if you can get Jamal Crawford off the bench. Yeah, or off the uh, off the couch. Yeah, he's probably not going to play any defense for you, but that that guy's a walking bucket. But will he fit into what the Jazz are trying to do, or will he make it worse? Because already some of the Jazz players, because because there's pressure at the offensive end, then they try to do too much themselves. Would Jamal fit into that same category? I would say, and and hey, the the jazz management know better than me. And if Joel Crawford was a solution, you know they're either on it or have considered and dismissed it already. So you know we're not going to tell anybody something that they don't already know. But you know at this point, I don't I don't know if that's the highest priority because the fit that they have right now isn't working. So uh, I mean, it's, it, did you have the feeling last night? A couple things. First was. The Jazz seem flat. 
you know, early in the game, they fell behind and they were in that four or five point deficit range for quite a period of time. And then, like you said, it got away from them. And it, it just felt like they, uh, they weren't in it. And that was surprising considering the Thunder were the ones, like you said, that were on the back end of a back-to-back. So the Jazz being at home, coming off a, a fine victory, having a day of rest, then going at it again, perfect setup for them to go out and play well. Let me um, – I think there's two schools of thought on on what you're talking about here. And I, maybe both or, or – Partially can be correct, but one I think is more alarming than the other. All right. The the playing slow, I think you're 100% right. I, I really do. But that could be part of the fit that we're talking about, that, that they need to figure out. Communication came up a ton of times in the postgame sound last night. And those uh-huh. things, like you're playing slow because you don't know exactly what to do. You don't know where that guy's going to be. Those things could be very real, and that could be a reason why we're, we're looking at them and they seem a touch slow. But Ron Boone said something last night when we were doing crosstalk on the broadcast. He called the Jazz right now a country club team. And that alarms me. What does he mean? They're soft. Oh, man. that That's really alarming to me because that that's the 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 want to can do attitude that the jazz have had for the mm-hmm. past several years and and you know it's Booner's opinion but he's watching every second of all of these games and he said country club team last night and that's a concern and i think you can fix both of them but you know, i'm surprised that that's an issue with this team so uh, a word that Quinn Snyder used a lot last year was playing with force and i consider that the kind of basketball that uh, is effective. And it play with force, play with intention, play with strength, play with trust in your teammates, come together to, to uh, a common goal and get the job done. And right now when I watch them play, I, on some possessions I just think, okay, I see one pass and then I see someone trying dribbling around, trying to create a shot for himself. And that's, that's not jazz basketball. And it's it's a thing of beauty when the ball is moving, and it is ugly when it doesn't move. And but you can almost see it if you could see thought bubbles over the players' heads, you would see I've got to do something because nobody else is. Mm-hmm. I mean that, that, that's what you see. And when you compare this, and I don't know if it's fair to compare, but last year, okay, you had Ricky Rubio, Jay Crowder, uh, Derek Favors, Howell Neto. And who am I forgetting? Kyle, Kyle Korver. Okay, and this year you have Bogdanovich, you have Mike Conley, you have Jeff Green, you have Ed Davis, and you have Moutier. Now, I think when you compare those names and those careers, you think that's a good trade. Mm-hmm. That's a trade advantage jazz now. On paper. It hasn't been. And Donovan said the, those very words last night on paper. And it's it's obviously not that simple. But they, they've got a long way to go. And and to get back to the, the beginning part of this, uh, this conversation, we were talking about expectation. You know, maybe the expectation for greatness right away was certainly unfair. But I'll tell you, on this, even on this radio station, uh, you know, Scotty G, I know, said this a bunch. you got to wait a minute. You know, he always used the example of LeBron's first year on the Heat. Sometimes it takes a minute to come together and there's some struggles and mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So, I mean, it, it, it certainly has been talked about. But I think we didn't expect it to be this rough. And we didn't expect there to be 
the, the solutions to be so complicated. Yeah. And yeah, so well, that's, I, I the, that's the hard part. I didn't expect to wonder what the hell was wrong. Right. You thought that, well, maybe it just takes some time for these guys to get used to each other, which is a real thing. Yeah, and it's and something it may, that and we're watching. But it could still happen. But, but it's right more now, than it, just, too. it just doesn't look right. It doesn't look... It, I mean, the... The, the the spirit of the team seems screwed up yeah. somehow, and we're seeing physical manifestations of that, and it needs to change. And and look, Quinn Snyder thinks about this stuff nonstop, 24-7, as does the rest of the coaching staff. They are tearing this thing apart and putting it back together again, looking for solutions and considering every possibility, and I don't blame them yeah. at this point because that game last night was a game the Jazz had no business losing and they lost it. And I don't care whether you are, Justin, you're still over a quarter of the way into the season. You'd think by now you'd be able to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder on your home floor. And it did not happen. And at times the Jazz looked sorry. And at times the Jazz looked like they had zero confidence. But I don't blame fans for being grumpy. I really don't. It just means that you care. And the Jazz have a lot of passionate fans. We talk to them every single day that care a lot about this franchise. And that's the most important thing. You know, that's the most important thing. If if fans weren't angry, I was talking to Austin about this today. And I'm sorry, Austin, I realize we're way over. But I saw a picture somebody had tweeted out of uh, the attendance at a Chicago Bulls game. Oh, yeah. The oh, lowest my. attendance in, uh, since like 06 or something. There was nobody there. This is Chicago, one of the biggest cities in our beautiful country. Nobody has any interest in the Chicago Bulls. None whatsoever. That's... That's when things start getting unhealthy. And people thought the Bulls were going to knock at the door of the playoffs after some of the moves they've made. So they're, you know, it's not like they didn't have expectations like the Jazz did. But I think that combination, and Jazz fans know all about it right now, to feel sky high coming in and then to feel the air just blowing out of the balloon. That's sort of what's going on. Now, can it? Can you put the air back in? That's what the Jazz's challenge is. Last, what was their record last year after 24 games? I'll, I'll go back and Yeah, I mean, I'll, I think they were worse than they are now, right? Yeah. So uh, so that's why we're somewhat embracing the anger here on the big show. It's all right to be angry. Get it out. Well, uh, we if you've got opinions uh, on what's going on with the Jazz, we've got our open mic feature on our Zone Sports Network app. It'd be fun to play a bunch of open mics today. Uh, and we'll give our opinions. You can give yours. We can uh, we can toss it about. It's we'll, therapy. We could fix the jazz. We can. It's not a what bugs you Wednesday like you and Bowler did back in the day. But we can do a. We can steal a bit from Austin and Tony. We can do a ticked off Tuesday. It's all good. Let's talk about it. They, and you they, fans they have a ticked of, off Tuesday. Yeah, it's a great bit. Yeah, it's uh, it terrific. sounds awfully familiar. Yeah. From back so in the day. if you want to vent, do it. If you're a Ute fan and and you're frustrated, uh, make it happen. Uh, we'll 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 turn into the spin, Gordon. That's what we'll do. I have uh, I have a, a negative take on one of the jazz players that uh, I will unload coming up. All right, stay tuned, uh, and we'll actually get into small Pac-12 stuff too coming up. Stay tuned. It's Big Show ninety-seven five and twelve eighty The Zone. This is DJ and PK. We were discussing Utah Jazz. Two things to watch here. Two I th- things. I think the biggest one. The biggest one here. Why, why do you do this? <laughs> setting the stage. No, you're not. I'm you're mocking. To, I'm not mocking. I I'm trying to prop it. you up. It. I'm setting the stage because I'm your partner and I'm here to support no, and yeah, uplift. Yeah. I'm basically a bra. DJ in the bra. <laughs> would you watch that movie? No. It'd be horrifying. That movie would be a bust. My goal here oh, right time. now, as you get ready to enlighten us, is to support and uplift. 
I'm the Brazier. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is a Total Request Tuesday. Send your requests to at Austin Horton, at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson. It's brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artists inside at LiveNation.com. We have a theme today. That's what's your favorite angry songs? Because people are angry. Well, not everybody, Gordon. A lot of people are angry, both from a sports perspective and otherwise. And we had a very spirited conversation there during the break. We did. And when I say conversation, I mainly mean me ranting at both you and Austin. So <laughs> thank you. for. There were a lot of clouds yelled at in that break. <laughs> there were. <laughs> I like this. Uh, I'm embracing it on a Tuesday. Although people who are in a pretty good mood, a bunch of Utes, Gordon, that made the All-Pac-12 first team, second team. Uh, should we go through the awards? Yeah, we can do that. I'm not sure it really is making up for what happened the other night. No, it certainly does not. But, I mean, a lot of folks were uh, were recognized. Offensive Player of the Year in the Pac-12, Zach Moss from Utah, deservedly okay. so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was obviously terrific. The Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, Evan Weaver. And maybe there was a, a Ute or two that could make an argument, but Evan Weaver, I mean, school nation-leading school record 173 tackles. That's a lot. That's insane. That's a lot. That's 14.4 tackles per, uh, per game. I mean, that's... <laughs> Someone's got to do it. That's pretty nuts. Uh, freshman Offensive Player of the Year, Keaton Slovis from USC. Okay. I I thought, um, and they put this, uh, or uh, excuse me, I thought uh, Jaden Daniels of Arizona State might have had a bit of an argument there, but Keaton Slovis was really good. I think somebody saw that coming a long time ago. Oh, you're talking about the the USC love column that you wrote <laughs> right before they played BYU and lost. <laughs> Is that the one you're referring to? I think it was right before Utah. It was right before BYU. Yeah, it wasn't because Slovis had just looked good against somebody. Okay. It wasn't. It was some patty cake USC was playing. <laughs> anyway, no he's USC got a, had a tough schedule a, at the beginning. I think that right Fresno State. It might have been Fresno. Yeah. Uh, freshman defensive player of the year, Kayvon Thibodeau, from uh, defensive lineman from Oregon. Coach of the year, Gordon? Kyle Whittingham. Kyle Whittingham. Uh, is there anybody else you would have considered? Uh, Mario Cristobal did a good job. Yeah, but he, well, he won the conference. He certainly did. Uh, he had an NFL quarterback, though. I mean, Yeah, but anybody who wins has somebody. I probably would have voted Kyle for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have no... What about Herm Edwards? Herm did a good job, but there was some down, there was some down points to yeah. Herm's season. I guess, I, and this always happens with Coach of the Year, be it college, NBA, NFL, whatever, it's the teams that win get Coach of the Year. I always want it to be a team that was expected to be awful 
who was not awful. I and, think that could be. And we've seen that before too, yeah. right? And that's a strong argument, Austin. I think it really is. You talk to any coach worth his salt, and he says, it's the players. So is I'm, there, ju- I'm just organizing this thing. Yeah, but I would say, is there a team in this league that overly overachieved? You know, make an argument for Herm, but was it really dramatic? Not that really. No, not really. Can you make an argument? State? I'd listen to that. Uh, he's doing a good job up there, Jonathan uh, Taylor. The kid from Home Improvement. Yeah, am I getting his name wrong? <laughs> the former quarterback joking there. Around. That might be his name. Uh, what about what Mel Tucker did with Colorado? Although they finished second to last in the. I South, think they right? got the right guy. Kyle I do. I do too. Job. Jonathan Smith. Excuse me. What am I thinking, Jonathan? That is the Home Improvement <laughs> kid, isn't it? Jeez. What am I doing? No, uh, Jonathan Taylor is the running back at Wisconsin. Yeah, he's quite good too. So forgive me. He Don- could have been coach of the year in the Pac-12. Jonathan Smith, yes, I, th- I think you can make an argument for him. You see that seven Utes were named to the first team? Yeah, so let's go over that. Tyler Huntley, your first team quarterback. Uh, Zach Moss on the first team what as was, a running back. Uh, what was uh, Justin Herbert? Uh, he did not make it. He was an honorable mention. Anthony Gordon is your second team quarterback from Washington State. Hmm. Which I, I, I think Justin should be on there personally. Anthony Gordon, yeah, he threw for a zillion yards, but who doesn't for the Washington State Cougars? And that team was uh, uh, talk about underperforming. I'm I'm giving the Cougars that award. Okay, okay. Who else? Uh, let's see. Eno Benjamin and Zach Moss are your running backs. Uh, both, sec- both of those guys are really really good. Couldn't agree more. Joshua Kelly and C.J. Verdell, Kelly of uh, UCLA and Verdell of Oregon, are your second team running backs. The Utes know all about Verdell. Uh, Brandon Ayuk of Arizona State and Michael Pittman are your first-team wide receivers. Isaiah Hodgins uh, of Oregon State and LaVisca Chenault of Colorado, your second team, which uh, you really can't argue with no. that. In fact, Ayuk— That's some talent right there. Ayuk getting first team and beating out Chenault and Hodgins, for that matter. That's a big nod to that guy. Yeah. yeah he had a big year. Um, tight ends, first-team Hunter Bryant of Washington— Second team, Brant Keithy of Utah and Colby Parkinson of Stanford. Keithy came on strong. He didn't uh, really show as much against Oregon in the championship game, but he was dinged up. Uh, Here's your O-line. First team, Trey Adams, Nick Harris, or Trey Adams of Washington, Nick Harris of Washington, Austin Jackson, Jr. of USC, Darren Paulo of Utah, and Penny Sewell of Oregon. I was surprised only one Oregon uh, duck on the first team. And Penny Sewell is the one. I mean, don't get me wrong. but. And then your second team uh, offensive line, uh, Blake Brandle from Oregon, uh, Cole Cabral of Arizona State, uh, Drew Dahlman of Stanford, Shane Lemieux of Oregon, uh, Abe Lucas of Washington, and Alja Vera Tucker of USC. Okay. Any argument there? Good for uh, good for Darren Paulo. Uh, going to the defense real quick here. Bradley Anai from Utah. Lucky Fotu from uh, from Utah. Uh, Jay Tufele from USC are your D-linemen on the first team. Ryan uh, Bowman Jr. from Washington. Drake Jackson. Uh, John Penasini from Utah. Uh, Joe uh, Tryon from Washington. Uh, uh, linebackers, Gordon. Francis Bernard from Utah. Nate Landman from Colorado. Evan Weaver from California. Big nod for Francis Bernard there. How about yes. that? Deserve it. He had a heck of a year. Uh, Troy Dye from Oregon, second team. Uh, Hamilkar Rashid from Oregon State and Casey Tuhill from Stanford. And then um, 
defensive backs, uh, Paulson Adebo Jr. from Stanford, Julian Blackman from Utah, Jalen Johnson from Utah, and Elisha Molden from Washington. Second team, Miles Bryant uh, of Washington, Cameron Bynum of Cal, Ashton Davis of Cal, and Talanoa Hufanga. Hufanga. I don't know. Anyway, messed that one up. I don't, USC. Much, I don't have much argument there all the way around. So uh, you, I was a little surprised Julian Blackman was first team. Good for him. No, he played. He played really well. He had a rough game against USC, and that was such a high-profile game. I'd be worried that that maybe would stand out. But this is, uh, what, third uh, third time Blackman's made all Pac-12? Is it really? I think so. Did it go in order, third team, second team, first team? I want to say he might have been first team in all three years. Really? We should go back and look. Well, he did change positions. Uh, so anyway, big ups to Utah defense. Uh, that's that's pretty amazing to get all those guys on there. Uh, to have five first team all defense is is pretty amazing, but not surprising. No, not surprising at all. I mean, Utah had all sorts of talent. I it, wonder how these guys feel. You know, after the pain of Friday night's result, I wonder how it feels. I mean, everybody likes to be honored individually, I guess, but every one of those guys would trade that in a heartbeat for a victory on Friday night, and it's just, it has to be a little empty for them. Yeah, you bet. I I, I couldn't agree more, but this this probably helps. So Julian know? was second team, second team, now first. Team. Okay, excuse me, second team, second team, first team. There you go. Good for him. All right. Yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I thought the Utes would. Would be named about like they were. And Julian did confirm via social media it was an ACL. And you just feel awful for that dude. I mean, just terrible. I mean, it, it affects the way he's going to prepare, you know, for his NFL future. And, um, man, that's rough. A non-contact injury. Oh, yeah. Just the terrible. T- yeah, the timing of it. You're right. I mean. Couldn't be worse. Yeah, not at all. Uh, so, anyway, there you go. There's your all Pac-12 teams. We'll get to more coming up. Stay tuned. It is the big show right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Head coach of Weber State Football, Jay Hill. Is it something that you can use to go into a kid's home with their family there and say, not only are we going to take care of you, but now we've been to this level of the playoffs three years in a row and beyond? I think everybody knows if you just look at us, we're a legit top five team in the country for three years in a row now. And if you want to play for a contender, then this is a great place to obviously do it. And I believe we're still getting better where we've been a top five team now for three years in a row, we still got a big step to take forward, and hopefully it's this year to where we're more like a top one or two team in the country. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Request Tuesday. This one goes out to our guy Hector. Requested a little Lincoln Park. Want to remind you about the good folks at Ken Garf. The savings are on at Ken Garf West Valley Ram. Get a new Ram truck for less with employee pricing plus when you stop by during the Black Friday sales event. We're going to talk to Dirk Facer coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. We'll ask him about the All Pac 12 teams and we'll, of course, ask him about the fallout from the tough loss uh, in the Pac 12 title game. Gordon, we haven't. Uh, 
We haven't talked about it a ton. What do you think about Texas in the Alamo Bowl? What do you, should uh, should you fans be offended? They're not in the New Year's Six. What do you think about the opponent? Are, are you, lack of a better word, jazzed about the whole thing? No, not really. Uh, but I will say this, and to quote the great uh, Patrick Kinahan, the Utes have shown that they're good against seven and five teams. So that should bode well. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, they have the, that Ellinger kid, that uh, fine quarterback, and they got a receiver who's really good. But uh, Texas didn't really show all that well this year. I think the Utes are favored by about six points in that game, as they should be. I would agree, but you know, it's a big. It's one of those deals where you play a, a marquee name, where the team doesn't match the name. I, and I there's some usefulness in that. Well, I agree, but be always beware of the underperforming team. You know, if they decide they want to show up one day, it could be a long day. You know what I mean? Oregon showed up. <laughs> yeah, they kind of did. They but, didn't show up against not, Arizona State. They're not but a they seven and five team. Agreed, but Texas has a ton of talent on it. You, you and I both know that. I mean, the same thing happened to Utah with USC. USC loses in Provo to BYU. It gives them a big old wake-up call, and yeah. they come out and beat the Utes. I mean, yeah. beware the underperforming team because at any moment they could start they could start playing. If you were Zach Moss, would you play in that game? I would. Do you see reasons for him not to play in that game? Sure. But I, I'm of the belief, and we'll see how this, this proceeds because we're going to see more of this in college football, but I'm the belief that unless you're a bona fide top-of-the-first-round guy – you can always make yourself a little more money and improve your draft style. Yeah, but you get truly evaluated not on a game against Texas, a bowl game. You get evaluated by your performance at the combine. It's all in it's all in the equation, Gordon. And if you can do yourself a favor, because there's a, there's such a huge difference in the NFL from fourth round to second round, not only financially, but from a security standpoint as well. It's a lot easier to cut a fourth rounder than it is to cut a second rounder. And if I can improve my stock in any way, shape, or form, I'm doing it. If I can go out and ball out in the Alamo Bowl and that cements my prospect as a whatever second round pick, I'm doing it. I think you're overvaluing uh, what, what, what the Alamo Bowl means. I, how many total games has Zach Moss had in his career? Enough for pro scouts to know what he but, can do. But, but go along with Without him for a second Without the risk here. of going – now, look, I'm not necessarily even but, saying that, no, Zach Moss shouldn't play. Well, you fans will go crazy over that, and it's not necessarily what I believe. But I understand this has been, become a bit of a trend of late, certain players not uh, wanting to take that chance. I understand it. I get it. When you get to this point in the process – the last thing you want is to blow out a knee. There's risk. I got it. But you only get, in Zach Moss's case, what, 35 chances but pro to scouts play? Are, pro scouts already know what this guy can do. But now we, they want an up-close look. They want to, you know, see uh, what uh, you know his measurables are and then go by that. Uh, but uh, I don't think... Short of him going out and running for 400 yards in a bowl game, I don't think anybody's going to go, wow, did you see what Zach Moss did in, in the Alamo Bowl against Texas? Oh, okay, I'm putting him up the chart. Yeah, you say this, but yet the Oakland Raiders pick players off of 140 time on one particular day at the Combine. 
That happens every year. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying so, prepare so you're saying for that. that. These guys already know who these guys are, yet we see NFL teams make snap decisions on the most random crap in the entire now, world. I'm we saying, see it every what I'm single is year. What I'm saying is the Alamo Bowl isn't going to make a big difference. I think it could. It, it, and every little bit of difference helps. And you can play scared and say, oh, I'm, I'm the risk is I'm worried about the risk. Or you can go out See, there and prove your point. See, but the way you say it is you play scared, it's a business decision. It is, yeah. And that same business decision cost Cam Newton the Super Bowl. <laughs> and he's really poor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's, I, oh, wait, it's, he's it's not. easier for you to say this sitting in the position you're sitting in sure now is. than some kid who's on the verge of even if he is a third-round draft pick. That's pretty good. Yeah, welcome to Sports Radio. What's he, what do what's you think he gonna, we do? Oh. <laughs> of course yeah, it's thanks, harder. Sir. Yeah, it's probably it's probably harder for everything we talk about for the people that actually are doing as opposed to us just sitting here flapping our gums. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got it. Okay, is there a player on the Ute roster who you would think would be in a in a more advantageous position not to play in the bowl game? Probably Jalen Johnson. Because he he could be a first or second rounder. Right. His, his. I think I think Bradley and I and Lucky Foto, both of those guys were evaluated in that third, fourth round a year ago. So I don't know where they'll be this year. Both of them performed well. I think both of them enhanced themselves. I agree. So I don't know what round we're talking about with them. But when you're looking at Tyler Huntley, Tyler Huntley wants to grab the attention of anybody out there. Oh, Ty, well, Tyler Huntley, yeah, absolutely. He, see, now it makes a difference, huh? It when does, we're talking it, about it Tyler Huntley, now but it makes a difference. They already know. No, Gordon, but they he's, already know. He's down here. Zach Moss is up here. But they already know, Gordon. So you know what? Actually, if I were Tyler Huntley, I wouldn't play because <laughs> I, it wouldn't do any good anyway. <laughs> Plus so that what, really long Heisman campaign he just went through. They, they know who he is. What's, what's the point? It doesn't matter. They've already made up their mind, so why would I even play in the game? You guys are such smart, Alex. No, I'm with you, Gordon. You know the difference. You just Mitt Romney. You, you talked out no. of both. You, you just well, expressed all, one I opinion. I, uh, no, I said I wasn't sure about it in the first place. But I think it's worth his party, his group, his corner getting together and saying, okay, what's our best course of action here? I know that's not popular with the local fans and whatnot, but I I can see that discussion being made. I didn't even say that he should not play. Uh, By the way, as far as the fans go, I think they'll, they'll support Zach Moss regardless. All argument aside, I don't think the fans would be too grumpy. I think they'd probably get it. Yeah, because none of them are going to the game. Yeah, they don't care about this. Yeah, that could be it. All right, purchase uh, purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream. Did Start- you say porpoise? I, I think I might have. Starting as low as $37 per ticket, visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. You accuse me of flipping, but you're a flipper over there. A flipper by mashing two words together like I did yesterday with Mike from because oh, of porpoise and dolphins. Oh, por- it's geez. it's the worst. Geez. Have, now it's a TikTok. Do you, do you have no nineteen seventy humor in Jeez. you? Dirk Facer of the Deseret News. Embarrassing. Joins us next. <laughs> That's what I thought. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the zone.